This has been written on that board for a really long time. Yeah. And what a way to start the year, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, been wanting to do it for a long time. It seems the same way that uh, when we were mulling around doing Goodfellas, mm-hmm. like it seems like a like monumental Herculean task oh, yeah. to take on a movie like this. Yeah. This to is... do it to do it justice and and uh really try and uh you know give the audience what they want out of this one. Mm-hmm. It's it's a fucking amazing movie. So I mean to do it any anything else anything less than fantastic is uh you know not not great. Um before we get started, I just got one question for you. What's the most you've ever lost in a coin toss? You must remember this. A kiss is just a kiss. Good morning, Vietnam! You're going to need a bigger boat. Erica! 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 Hasta la vista, baby. What's up, everybody? Happy New Year! Happy New Year, Jason! Happy New Year! Um, it's it's gonna be a good year. I think. I think. Uh, this is what we're going into almost our fourth year doing the podcast Whoa. and I could not be happier with, you know, the feedback we get from our fans mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, spending time with each other, quality time, quality time. Uh, talking about the movies that we love. And I think it's going to be a good year. we got a, a lot of good things on slate. At least I have a lot of things that I want to do this year. Mm-hmm. I know we talk about it sometimes, but um, this time this year we're going to be on on the same page and you know firing at all, on all cylinders yeah. and making sure we're bringing you guys the best episodes and for this first episode of the year uh we got a doozy for you we got probably in, in my opinion at least the last 20 30 years one of the best movies ever made in the last 20 30 years yeah what definitely. do you think i i totally agree um it never gets old it never gets old and I, I, I just I can't say enough about this movie and we'll get into it when we get there. But without further ado, we are doing uh, No Country for Old Men, directed by Joel and Ethan Cohen, uh, based on the book by Cormac McCarthy, the famous writer of The Road and I believe The Bridges of Madison County. Uh, I'm not sure, but uh, pretty sure uh, he's got a lot of books that he's he's written. The movie stars Tommy Lee Jones, Javier Bardem, Josh Brolin, uh, Kelly McDonald, and many many other people. It's fucking. Everybody in this movie is so incredibly exquisite at what they're doing um, on every single level. Uh, the looks, the glances, the emoting, the you know the deliveries of their lines. It's it's insane. This yeah. movie is insane. Um, it was originally released on November 9th, two thousand seven, a year when Jason <laughs> was flush with movies because he was working at uh, the Harkins Movie Theater That's over right. in, in Chino Hills. That's right. Um, the movie came out. It had a budget of $25 million, and it made $171.6 million. It was a financial success as well as a critical success. It went on to win a bunch of awards, four Academy Awards, uh, Best Supporting Actor, Best Directors, uh, Best Adapted Screenplay, I believe, and Best Picture. Um it it just you can't 
you can't have have anybody that's seen this movie that takes cinema seriously and just not like express love and for the accolades that it has. Have you met anyone that has said they don't really care for this movie? Well, let's let's jump into. Uh, I have. Yeah, yeah. It's funny <laughs> that we you we both have we both have that, um, and you might recognize somebody's pretty familiar that's that oh. said it. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about let's start at the beginning like we always do and talk about when we first saw this movie, Jason. Well, this is one for sure. I know. I saw in the movie theater because I worked oh, at course. the fucking theater. Of course, and what this, a great fucking year! You, I, I'm sorry to cut you off. Oh yeah, but you, as as a teenager or a young twenty something year old, uh, something I like was that, all eighteen. All yeah. I ever wanted to do 19. as a kid is either work in a video store or a movie theater, yeah. and you got to live part of that dream. Yeah. So I just wanted to. It was be, it was awesome. Yeah. One of the best jobs I've ever had. Uh, Chris, who's been on the show, yeah, yeah, for the uh, snatch episode, also also worked there. Mm-hmm. He worked there first, and uh, and so me, him, and a few other friends, kind of all like flowed through the same jobs. Like, yeah, either one, like one friend as, worked as, there as, first, as you do, and I, dude, you should just come over here. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right. So before this, we worked at Subway, and then <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh man, and then Chris uh, quit or got fired. I forget. Yeah. Um, and then he got hired at Harkins, and they had just opened. Mm-hmm. And I was still at Subway. It was a hot new spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was still working at Subway, and then I got fired from Subway. <laughs> um, because you know, a little quick story. You um, got fired from two jobs in a row. Those two, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I lasted like a year and a half at Harkins. Did you get let go, or did you get fired? I know you got fired from Harkins, but what about Subway? No, I got, I got, I you got, got shit can. Like they, they straight up were like, "All right, well, you know." Today's going to be your last day, Jason. Oh, I was wow. just like, all right. Okay, so funny story. What? what uh, just real quick. I, I I basically told some dude to <laughs> mind his own business because I was, I was making this other guy's sandwich, and he was butting in. And he was like, come on, man. Just like, because, you know, you got to pay extra for cheese, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, in this yeah. day and age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, even back then. Uh-huh. You gotta pay extra for cheese, and the guy whose sand- sandwich it was didn't want extra cheese. Yeah, and the other guy was like, "It's all right, just put it on there. You don't gotta charge him for it." And I go, "Hey, man, this isn't your sandwich. I don't think you should get involved." Essentially, yeah. and then the guy fucking lost it. Got so mad. Anyway, they let me go for that. They let you go for that? Yeah. Did you tell him that he was trying to give away free cheese? Yeah, yeah. The the lady was like. You can't talk to you know customers that way. You can't be saying it. Because I'm like, sir, this isn't your sandwich, so I think you should stay out of it. Oh, I thought the guy was a co-worker of yours. No, no, so no, somebody no. else was yeah. fucking trying to be like, the just, next, give, him, the just next give him guy, free cheese. The next guy yeah. whose sandwich I was going to make yeah, yeah. was budding in sir, for the other guy. Mind your own business. The guy's sandwich who I was making wasn't even fucking worried. He yeah, was just yeah, like, yeah. He's like, All yeah, right, man, yeah. just go ahead and pull those cheese. You know, I was like nervous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was a yeah, shitload yeah, of people. Yeah. Those stupid gloves. Being young, working yeah. in, in, and, and in customer services, you know, wracking, yeah. And I was just like, oh, oh, I was like freaking out. Anyway, they let me go. So then, shortly after that, I got hired at Harkins. Um, great fucking job. Um, and that year, um, I got hired in '06, and then '07 was just I watched so many fucking yeah. movies. It was a great year for um, movies too. This movie, I. I don't. I didn't know shit about the novel. I didn't know. Yeah, it, it was yeah. you know anything. Neither, yeah, neither did I. Um, I just saw the preview, 
and me and Chris, because like from day one, we we were always in the movies and music. Mm-hmm. And from from the minute that trailer came out, me and him were like, "Oh, dude, we're watching this fucking movie." And same thing with uh, "There Will Be Blood." Yeah, those two movies I watched so many fucking times mm-hmm. after work, you know, on my days off. Like I, I would just go watch those movies all the time. This one, huge one. Just I would get off work, and then like one of my coworkers would be like, "What are you watching today?" I was like, "You know what I'm watching today." <laughs> and they're like, "Again, dude? It's like the fourth time this yeah, week." I'm I, like, "I got yeah, explain. yeah, yeah." Uh-huh. I'm gonna watch it again tomorrow. I gotta agree. <laughs> so yeah, um, great memory with uh, with this movie. And then, and then, like you, you were saying when we were coming up, uh, third time seeing it or something. Oh, um, so uh, one of my coworkers, um, we went to watch this movie, mm-hmm. and you know she she wasn't really much of a a movie buff. Um, yeah, but uh, she's like, "What do you want to watch?" I was like, "Have you seen No Country for Old Men?" Uh-huh. And then she's like, "No, I haven't." What is that? I was like. Oh, it's great. She's like, wait, you've already seen it? I was like, oh, yeah, I've seen it multiple times already. <laughs> She's like, let's watch something else. I was like, eh, like, we should watch this. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's good. Trust me. She's like, okay. So. And when you see good movies, you want to show them to more people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we sit through the whole movie, and we're sitting up in the front. Yeah. And, and like, the, the theater's not even packed. Yeah. Like, we're sitting, like... Not the very front, but like that second. No, I know. Like right, where the be- right, be- right behind the, the handicapped seats. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we're right there. That's like perfect location. Yeah, yeah. We're right there in the middle, fucking just so stoked for the third time of watching this shit. And then she, like, she doesn't really say anything throughout the movie. And yeah. I'm just like, oh, like, I've seen the movie, but I'm still freaking out. And she's like, haven't you seen this already? I was like, yeah, this movie's great. <laughs> and then the end comes. And then, you know, he's... Uh, Ed Tom is talking about the dream with yeah. his dad. And then the movie ends. And she goes, I'll never forget this. She goes, that's it? That's how it ends? That was stupid. That movie was dumb. <laughs> I've never wanted to strangle somebody so bad in my life. <laughs> I looked at her and I go, are you serious? And she goes, yeah, that, it just ends like that? Like, what? Like, we don't know what happens. I'm like, yeah, you saw what happened. Yeah. Llewellyn got killed. His wife got killed. Everyone died except the fucking... The guy. The, guy, the yeah. fucking psycho. Yeah. He got away. And he's retired now, and he's just like, you know... And I was like, are you serious? You really didn't like that movie? She's like, no, I thought it was dumb. She's like, that ending was so stupid. I was like... <sighs> All right. Anyway, I still I still talk to her after that, but <laughs> it's hard. In that moment, I it's was hard. like, "Dude, oh my god!" I so, can't it. Um, but never encountered anyone since that. Yeah, no, since no, then for that sure. Said they yeah, don't like this movie. anybody that takes movies seriously. So, yeah, like we said, we're seventeen, eighteen. I think I'm, I am no, I'm nineteen years old, eighteen or nineteen years old yeah. when this movie comes out. And uh, I don't. I've ne- I like you said. I've never heard of the book. I don't even remember seeing a trailer for this movie. Um, and I, I kept my ear to the ground on movies that were coming out and stuff like that. But I, ju- I just really it just went under the radar for me. And uh, Dustin, who's a frequent guest host on the podcast, he uh, 
we we used to go to his house all the time and um you know watch movies together and stuff but uh he was just raving about this movie he was like dude you have to watch it so sick and blah 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 and like yeah. he and then and he was described it and he was like oh there's a fucking uh you know a hitman going after this guy this ex-army vet and he's got money and they just blah blah and he's describing it and i'm like oh, okay so i get this this picture in my head of what this movie is supposed to be it doesn't tell me that it's directed by the coen brothers it doesn't tell me anything other than than that like kind of descriptor so me and my girlfriend at the time um we go to his house and we watch it on on the tv and we watch it and i'm sitting there and i i remember being tired going to watch it mm. and i was kind of sitting there and the movie kind of just washed over me mm. and it ended and i didn't really have any reaction to it i was just like uh all right like i don't i, I didn't think it was bad but i didn't think it was like anything to fucking gawk over yeah and um i went i went uh so high school had just ended for me and um I didn't want to go to college. I, I was certain that I was going to fucking just become a filmmaker and just start making movies after fucking high school yeah. without any any knowledge of how to do anything. <laughs> and my mom wanted me to go to college so bad. Yeah. And the only way she could think to do that is she had this screenwriter friend who she worked with. And he went to LA City College where I went to film school. And um, she wanted me. She's like, just meet with this guy. Talk to him. And, you know, he went to the school. He says it's, like, really good. So just blah, blah, blah. So a week after I saw the movie, um, me me and him meet for lunch in L.A. downtown. And uh, we're talking about movies. And he's talking to me about, you know, what what benefits film school has and just, just higher education in general. And he pretty much kind of brings me around to the idea of going to film school and going to college. Mm-hmm. But we start talking about No Country for Old Men. And... I'm talking about it and I'm I'm giving this really crass understanding of what the movie was just very surface level of like this cat and mouse game and anything without without realizing the movie is really about Ed Tom and his inability to keep up with like the changing of like he's just getting old and he's not on it on his wits and he puts it in that perspective for me and as soon as we like are through with that conversation just everything about the movie just like it's like you've seen Usual Suspects, right? Mm-hmm. Where where Chaz Palminteri at the end of it's looking at the wall and then oh, he yeah. just starts piecing together yeah, everything. Yeah. It was like that, and without having to watch it again, I was like, "That's the best movie ever fucking made." Mm-hmm. And then after that, just going to Blockbuster, renting the movie, and then just watching it over and over and over again, and just being like, "Wow, yeah, what a fucking picture!" Like it, it it's just incredible, incredible. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was that was the first time I saw the movie, and then the first time when I really started appreciating it was that week later because I, I don't know I just I just wasn't in the mindset to watch it, and then it took that conversation to really hone in on what it was, and then for me to go back and watch, and then even my ex girlfriend when we would watch it again, like she, I uh, I like to pride myself on like you know she always liked movies, but I would really watch movies over and over again and get her into certain movies and stuff like that and then even her like she when she would watch it and then when other people would talk about it she would be like oh no that movie's incredible and just it it, it was just really really cool and a really good experience of watching that movie for the first time awesome. um but yeah or coming to that realization for the first time that's where we were when we first saw the movie guys 
Um, we're going to jump into the cast a little bit because there are some people here who we've never discussed before, and they definitely need to be talked about. So first up, Mr. Tommy Lee Jones, who uh, is, I mean, kind of needs no introduction. He's like a crazy veteran actor. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of us kids knew him from Men in Black in 1997. Um, saw him a little later in movies. I know you love U.S. Marshals. Fuck yeah. U.S. Marshals is one of yours uh, from the early 90s. The Fugitive, which is the, um, what would you call it? It's not a prequel. It's Because U.S. Marshals is a is a spinoff, spin-off of, yeah. of The Fugitive, 1993. Yeah. Um, which uh, I like U.S. Marshals better. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> With this but, man. I, but I saw that one Somebody first. Somebody come, come get your man. I saw it first, but I really do think it's the better movie. Um yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> Under Siege with Steven Seagal. He plays the villain in that one. Oh, that um, cool. uh, as I got older, saw a little film called Natural Born Killers from 1994. Oh, yeah. He's a fucking crazy, crazy policeman in that movie. Um, and a year later, he comes out, Batman Forever, mm. as Harvey Dent, just trying to ham it up as much as yeah. possible to compete with Jim Carrey. Um, does other movies like Double Jeopardy, 1997, a movie that we both have been dying to do here, Volcano. Oh, yeah. Um, he's, dude, been in a bunch of stuff, Small Soldiers, he fucking uh, voices Chip Hazard. Love that movie. Captain America, The First Avengers. A lot of people, and myself included, forget that he's in the MCU. He's he's, he's part of the MCU. He is? Yeah, yeah. He's in, he? he's in the first Captain America. Oh. Yeah, but he's been he's been in a bunch of stuff. Um, just just a consummate fucking love him, hard ass, cool guy. Um, really really awesome, awesome actor. And uh, yeah, he's great in this movie as is everybody else. Next up, we got Mister Josh Brolin, little Joshy Brolin. Um, I'm pretty sure that most of our generation get introduced to Josh Brolin from a little movie called The Goonies in 1985. For the longest time. I had no idea that that was him mm-hmm. as I saw him in other movies growing up. Uh, movies like Hollow Man. Uh, what else do we got here? True Grit is in that movie as well. Works oh, with yeah. the Coens a few times. One. He's in uh, Planet Terror. Works with Robert Rodriguez on that one. Mm-hmm. As well as the sequel to Sin City. Um, Mimic. Do you remember Mimic from, from the mm-hmm. 90s? Weird movie, Mir Sovino. I believe uh is that is that Guillermo del Toro? I don't remember, but he's in that movie. And then obviously now kids know him as Thanos from mm-hmm. Dune. He's also Cable in Deadpool 2. And uh Sicario, another great film that yeah. he's in. American Gangster, worked with Ridley Scott in 2007. Just a bunch of great movies. He actually plays uh a young Tommy Lee Jones in Men in Black Three. That's, that's right. Never seen that movie. Never will. But uh, yeah, he's in, he's in that one. Gangster Squad's another one that I really really love him in. Hail Caesar. Just he's uh, he played George W. Bush. I forgot about that one. The Oliver, <laughs> Oliver Stone movie. Uh, Inherent Vice. You've you've seen that one, right? I've seen it, but like like not completely. It's hilarious. I love that movie. I haven't seen it in a long time, but really really funny. Um, but yeah, he's uh. He's he's awesome in this movie as Llewellyn. Um think he's plays the part magnificently, magnificently, magnificently. And uh yeah, that's Josh Brolin. 
Uh, Javier Bardem, who plays Anton Chigurh in this movie, walked away with the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. Um, before this, he's not in a whole lot of American movies. He's obviously a Spanish uh, actor. Movies like The Sea Inside, Beautiful, a um, bunch of other things. He, uh, like I said, after this movie, he fucking come. He starts coming out in a bunch of different shit. No Country for Old Men, two thousand seven, two thousand twelve. He's a villain in Skyfall. Vicky Cristina Barcelona in two thousand eight. Yeah, that's a great movie. He's recently in the new adaptation of Little Mermaid. He was in one of the Pirates of the Caribbeans. He is in Dune. He's going to be in the next one. Work with Darren Aronofsky in Mother. He plays God. Uh, Yeah, the movie is fucking crazy. He's he's been in a bunch of great stuff. He's great in pretty much everything that he's in, um, but I think this this is the role that takes the cake. He's, he's absolutely fantastic. Married to Penelope Cruz. Um, that's one good-looking couple. I'll, I'll say that much. <laughs> Do they have kids or not? I'm pretty sure that they have kids, yeah. Uh, next up, we got my man, Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson um, is one of my favorite actors of all time. Oh, yeah. He's... Probably one of the funniest dudes in a bunch of funny movies. White Man Can't Jump. Fucking That's the first time I saw him. Yeah, I dude, my mom's been in love with Woody Harrelson forever, so I remember Cheers. I remember White Man Can't Jump. Uh Play It to the Bone, Natural Born Killers, uh Kingpin. It's you you name it. I've seen it with this guy. He's fucking dude, just so funny. Yeah. Such a funny actor. Um you forget a lot of the time that he's he's just got this impeccable timing. Um, like I said, Kingpin to me is like one of the funniest movies yeah. ever. And then mm-hmm. like years later down the line when he hasn't done a comedy in a while, you get something like Zombieland, which he's oh, absolutely so incredible funny. in. Uh, the Hunger Games. This guy's just got... He, 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 it kind of seems like he's playing the same role in every movie, but he mm-hmm. really, he really is, you know, just this kind of this monolith onto himself he's he could be in a movie like the hunger games where he obviously he's like a texan guy but in there he's playing a different character and then he could play a pothead which he is or you know he's in a solo a star wars story it just he he goes all over the place he doesn't pigeonhole himself into any uh role and uh yeah he plays uh carson wells in this movie i I like i like him in uh, war for the planet of the oh yeah he's great psycho he's great in that movie. crazy military leader uh natural born killers like we were talking about earlier uh Uh, one of my favorite tv shows of all time uh well just that season specifically of true detective oh him and matthew mcconaughey and that in that show are just insanely good insanely good um but yeah, that's that's Woody Harrelson. I got I gotta say there there's a quote that he says in True Detective that me and Brian love like so much, and we'll send the clip just the clip sometimes uh-huh. to each other. <laughs> so I don't know Lay it on me. What's the what's the line? It's when uh, <laughs> oh man, don't don't come for me, people. But you know, I, I, if it's that bad, I'll cut it out. It's funny. I think it's funny. It when um. <laughs> When uh, his wife finds out, or the fucking girl that he's he's uh, having the affair with, yeah, yeah, when she tell, calls his wife, tells him that you know she they've been having an affair, uh huh, and he like gets all pissed off, and she's like, "Listen, you little limp dick, whiskey dick," <laughs> and then he goes, 
fuck you, I'll skull fuck you, you oh, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> when he's on the phone with her. Hey, I mean, how else do you react in that uh, in that moment? Um, my favorite thing from him, and I've I've used it a million times, is you are the Michael Jordan of being an asshole. <laughs> Every time you think there's a ceiling, you break right through it. Yeah, I fucking lo- I love that. And then just obviously the back and forth between him and uh, McConaughey is just I just want you to stop saying weird shit yeah, yeah. like you're in the dream of a stranger's faded town or some <laughs> bullshit like that. So good, so good. Um, next up, we got Miss Kelly McDonald, who I have been in love with ever oh, since I saw Train Spotting. Um, so beautiful. Boardwalk uh, Empire for me is when I yeah first yeah saw uh, her. yeah so Train Spotting for me 19, 1996. Uh, when I saw that she was gonna be on Boardwalk Empire I was like oh my god uh, I'm so happy about this I saw her in this movie funny enough I I I kind of cringe if we have any Southern uh, fans um, which I doubt uh, I I when a lady has a Southern accent I kind of like kind of t- turns me off. But this is the first time I've I've ever seen a lady with a southern accent where I'm like, man, she's so so hot, yeah, yeah, so hot. Um, but enough about her look. She's an incredible actress. Yeah, she's so good. Like I said, Train Spotting, fantastic in that. Um, Boardwalk Empire, six seasons. She's really really good in that. She's in Disney's Brave. Like we said, this movie as well. Train Spotting two. She came back for the sequel in that one. She's been in a bunch of different stuff all over the years. Um, really really love her stuff. She's a great actress all the, all the way around. Really, really puts on a show. Um, if you saw this movie and you didn't know her, I'm sure you would be like, oh, that lady's definitely from the South because she mm-hmm. plays it really, really well. A um, couple of other mentions here. We got Mr. Steven Root, who people probably know best as Bill on uh, King of the Hill or uh, Milton from Office Space. And recently he was on Barry, which is one of the funniest shows I've seen in the last, shit, I don't know, two decades probably. Um, also in Dodgeball, Oh Brother with Art Thou. So he's worked with the Coens before. I love the fact that he's a comedic actor, but he could really turn it on when he needs to. In this movie, he yeah. seems like such an asshole. And uh, yeah, he's... he's It's incredible really- that that's Milton. Yeah, he's re- dude. He's he's great in everything that he's in, and I, I've always said this: really good comedic actors can usually put on an amazing and stellar mm. dramatic performance, and he proves it here and in a bunch of other stuff that he's in. But uh, yeah, that's Stephen Root. Um, some other honorable mentions, like I said, uh, Garrett Dillahunt. Um, this guy's been in a bunch of stuff. Don't really care for him all that much he's fine in this movie but he's in deadwood i know he's in that and uh he's in this movie and like i said a bunch of other stuff if you saw him i feel like he's that guy for this yeah for this age yeah um uh not not a not a not a front man for sure and then uh who else do we got this kid caleb landry jones something about the way he talks bugs me um, he's in this movie. I wasn't sure. I saw him. He's one of the kids at the end where they meet with Anton Chigurh. Um, he's I wasn't, one. I wasn't, yeah, the, the one shirt. that didn't take the shirt. Yeah. Uh, uh, I wasn't sure if that was him, but then I was like, oh yeah, that's him. He, he's a good actor, but something about the way he talks, I think there's a scene in Get Out when he's talking to, uh, the main character and just, I don't know, it, it just bugs me, but he's in that, he's in X-Men First Class, 
he was in Three Billboards outside of Ebby, Missouri. He gets the shit beat out of him by uh, Sam Sam Rockwell. And, uh, yeah, he's in a bunch of other shit, too. What's crazy is that he's 34. Yeah. He looks so much younger in the movie when he would only be a year younger than we were when this movie was Yeah, was yeah, made. He looks like, like, he looks like, like 13 he's 12. or 12, Thir- yeah. yeah, something like that. Um, only other person I kind of want to, because I've seen her in other stuff, is uh, Kathy Lampkin. Um, she's in this movie. She's oh. in all the Texas Chainsaw Massacres, Heartbreak Kid. She's a big chubby lady. Um, we love our chubby ladies here at Play It Again, man. Um, they're in this. What makes the world go around, really? Um, but, uh, yeah, anybody else from the movie that you want to shout out? Just because just I was scrolling through all the other random people in this movie. Uh-huh. The poor bastard in the pickup. Oh, I just saw him. <laughs> Loose Reigns. Loose Reigns, yeah. He's I've seen him in some other stuff, but I can't recall exactly yeah, what just, they are. But just, yeah. You know. Uh yeah. Poor, the fact that he didn't drive away. Yeah, yeah. When Llewellyn came up holding a shotgun. I bleeding, yeah. Taking off. But it's Texas. So he's like That's true. What's going on, partner? As long as they're not a Mexican. Yeah. It's a white guy with a shotgun. Yeah. He needs help. From the Mexicans. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I guess we could. Uh, I we didn't mention Roger Deakin, who did the cinematography for this movie, which is absolutely amazing. Um, and he didn't win for this movie. He had been nominated so many times and didn't win. Didn't win until uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, which was well deserved, I think. Um, but yeah, that's the cast by and large. The Coen Brothers. We, hold on, we we should mention the the store clerk Gene Jones. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that Sorry, it's just. That scene, it's one of the best, it's, it's probably the best scene in the entire movie. Yeah. There's so many, but, uh, yeah, he, he, the performances that you get out of every single person, like nobody's, no wa- how, how small, yeah, nobody yeah. is wasted in this movie. It's insane. Yeah. Um, and that's just, and we didn't really talk about the Coen brothers. I think, uh, this is the second Coen brothers movie we did after, uh, Big Lebowski. Uh-huh. Um, just the range that they yeah, have, because you look at that. movies of their of their early shit, Raising Arizona, Big Lebowski, Oh Brother with Art Thou, and I mean Fargo is a uh, it has a lot of serious undertones in it for sure, yeah. But it's still a hilariously driven movie, like yeah. it's it's a comedy for yeah. sure. And for them to do all that and then make a movie of this caliber. Where there are funny moments in this movie, but they're not supposed to be. Yeah, really. yeah, they're they're funny to the observer, not to the people in yeah. in the world. Mm-hmm. And it like just the range that they have as writers and directors. I mean, writing it, to adapt this into a screenplay for a visual for a visual medium, it, it probably would have been a little difficult or would have been difficult let's just say that but having i read the book not that long ago and they really didn't have to change much of anything there is some stuff omitted some language dropped here and there or whatever but it's pretty spot on um it, it's it's crazy but um yeah the coen brothers just absolutely just masters at what they're at what they're doing um and this it would be i remember after this movie the next movie they did was true grit and I was like so excited to see because I was like, oh, it's an actual fucking Western. Yeah. And they had just made this movie and I was like, it's going to be so dark and so gnarly. And then I remember watching it 
awesome movie. It is. Yeah, it's a really great good. movie. But the tone of it is much more Fargo than, than this, like, yeah. like by miles. Um, but, yeah, let's hop into the film. It's not better than the original, though. With John Wayne? Yeah. Fuck John Wayne. No, fuck John Wayne. But the girl, I forget her name, but the daughter... Yeah. In the original one? Dude, Haley Steinfeld is so good. I remember seeing that, her the first, I was like, this chick's going to be a fucking star. She is good, but the original girl that plays her is... Is better? Even better. I don't know about that. I don't know how I feel about that. Because I remember literally sitting in the theater and being like, because I had no idea who Haley Steinfeld was, and just watching it, I'm like, this girl is going to be something big. Yeah, where is she now? She's fucking uh, in Marvel, in Marvel, and like a bunch of other shit. Uh, and she got nominated for an Oscar for that movie. Okay, uh, <laughs> dude, she's like a huge pop star, uh, and I'm kidding. she's the next. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Arrow I lady. I didn't. I didn't follow her. Yeah. Wow. She's she's huge. Well, shows what you know. Um. Anyway, like we said, let's jump into this movie. Um. I think right off the bat, the landscape is. Setting the setting mm-hmm. and Tommy Lee Jones' amazing monologue is setting the tone of the film. Yeah. I was sheriff of this county when I was 25 years old. Hard to believe. My grandfather was a lawman, father too. Me and him were sheriffs at the same time, him up in Plano and me out here. I think he's pretty proud of that. I know I was. Some of the old-time sheriffs never read more a gun. A lot of folks find that hard to believe. Jim Scarborough never carried one. That's the younger Jim. Gaston Borkins wouldn't wear one up in Comanche County. And I always like to hear about the old-timers. Never missed a chance to do so. You can't help but compare yourself against the old-timers. Can't help but wonder how they'd operated these times. There's this boy I sent to the electric chair at Huntsville here a while back. My arrest and my testimony. He killed a 14-year-old girl. Papers said it was a crime of passion, but he told me there wasn't any passion to it. Told me that he'd been planning to kill somebody for about as long as he could remember. Said if they turned him out, he'd do it again. Said he knew he was going to hell. Be there in about 15 minutes. Uh, like I said, reading the book, there, there's a lot of the language is word for word. Some of it's left out. Some of it's rearranged a little bit. Um, but Tommy Lee Jones delivery, uh, to the audience. He's from Texas, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, same thing with, uh, Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin's from Texas as well. Mm. Uh, the delivery of it, you really, really get that sense. And and like I'm saying, I'm telling you. Realizing after the fact that this story isn't really about Llewellyn, it's about Ed Tom coming to terms with the fact that he's mm-hmm. he's not uh, equipped to handle this anymore. Um, you'd have to put your soul at hazard. Mm-hmm. Say, I'll be part of this world. Which is great. It's great. Um, I mean, it thrusts you right into... The, the force that is coming and the force that he can't handle, which yeah. is Sugar. Yeah. Immediately. Uh, by, the, by the end of his monologue, Sugar, who... It's already in 
being arrested. Being arrested, and one wonders why is he allowing himself to get arrested? Mm. What it, what is he? Because yeah, the, they be seem him. they seem to be alone on the side of the road, um, just you know. And we've seen him kill people in broad daylight, yeah. you know, without any hesitation or do things in broad daylight with, when people are walking around and everything. It just, you ask yourself, why is he allowing him to get, um, to get arrested? And, uh, yeah, I, I love that. I, I think, I think one of the, like, other telling things of, of this town mm-hmm. and the fact that they haven't really had any people like Sugar or any, uh, really violent encounters is yeah. that, is, is, I mean, obviously I'm not a police officer, mm-hmm. but, you know, I would imagine one of the first things you would do when you br- bring the guy into the station is put him in a cell. In a cell, yeah, yeah, No, for Why sure. Why the fuck is he sitting down? Yeah, and, and I think that... Why does he have his back to him? I think that, uh, that, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? That, that ignorance of danger, mm-hmm. um... It's prevalent, and it's it's prefaced in the fact that Ed Tom's talking about sheriffs older than him that never even carried a gun, yeah. And that generationally, I think, move move down where people, yeah, there isn't violence like that around here, and you kind of just take it for granted. And uh, it's it's crazy, you you know, we get led by the hand in with this monologue, and then we see him get taken away, and then we get thrown into our first violent scene, which is in, insane. Um, and I just love how the Coens use, like, the looming threat from behind. It, it's as, it's straight out of a horror movie. Yeah, it's, it it's, it's Michael Myers sitting yeah. up behind Laurie in yeah. the bedroom. It, it, you know, it, it's terrifying. And um, I remember watching behind-the-scenes footage of, like, how they accomplished that whole scene because it's... It's so gr- it's <laughs> yeah. so gruesome. Yeah. They had to build like a rig because they're really pushing force to like, because the skin on the guy's neck is like some sort of latex, and in order for it to pop at the right time, it needs to be ripped by that thing. So they really need to pull on it because wow. they wanted it to look real. They didn't want it to just pop the skin out of nowhere. So they had to build a whole rig that went down the entire torso so that the weight could pr- press against the guy's shoulders so that. The rest of it wouldn't be pulled down on his neck to ch- actually choke him. Oh so, uh, yeah, they, they did that. They built that whole mechanism, and it plays off so well. Um, the the handcuffs just biting into Ooh. the guy's neck, and then his yeah. blood just sp- – it's like – and it's the, the color of the blood. It looks real. It's not like this movie blood. It's so dark and just yeah. – and, and Anton should – the look on his face it's, of just, yeah. you know, he's – in in his element, you know, it's what he does, and uh, we we immediately get this impression of this man who is not to be turned around on. No, for one second, yeah. you should never turn your back on this man. Yeah, he has he has zero fucks. Yeah, gives zero fucks about who it is, the manner of how he kills people, mm-hmm. and is you know. The ecstasy on his face after he, once yeah, the guys yeah, finally did, yeah, just <sighs> not panting back and forth yeah, or anything. No. It's like he was, <sighs> yeah, <laughs> fuck. 
It's like when you're, you're working for a hard, a long, hard day, and you get home, you take your shoes off. Yeah, and you sit and down. Exhale. Like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we immediately jump into meeting Llewellyn, and um, the silence of the land is what I wrote. Mm. Just this giant landscape and this guy out in the middle of nowhere um, hunting little does he know he the roles are going to be reversed very soon mm-hmm. um i love the as he shoots as he shoots a deer and then um he's looking at them run off they give this like wide lance this landscape uh shot and the clouds start moving towards llewellyn and he starts moving towards the clouds and it's just there's just this ever looming like darkness that's gonna consume the rest of his very short lived life um yeah. after this and it's i don't know it's this that that entire sequence of him the the way the way the Cohen brothers to me really like the meticulous matter that they have in the way that they they shot the movie and the way that the p- characters are presenting their intelligence is insane. Yeah. Um Llewellyn's know-how of the land of how to hunt when he tracks the blood to the deer and then just sees blood going across it mm-hmm. and he's like that doesn't add up. Yeah, that's not And true. what's great about it is that uh one of the worst things about movies is exposition. Nobody likes to be explained to them, but audience, as a good filmmaker, you're supposed to let the the audience kind of uh, figure things out for themselves. And the Coens do this thing with the visuals of this movie that allow you to do that. Because at first glance, I if we were out in the middle of nowhere, and I think you you didn't bring it up, but when Ed Tom is reviewing the crime scene and we were watching him, you know, explain to his deputy what he thinks is happening, we were mm-hmm. both reacting to it like, holy shit, that's. It's an incredible talent to have. Mm-hmm. And I think if we were out in the middle of nowhere, we would never even get close to that money because we wouldn't have any idea. But obviously, Llewellyn has that know-how. And the way the Coens convey his intelligence and let the audience use their intelligence to put shit together as as the whole movie goes on, as they say, that is very linear. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just mas- it's masterful. It's, yeah. it's, it's great. I think, uh, do you kind of feel like you already assume that Llewellyn is a, a veteran yeah I think um because when I first saw the movie I didn't know what time period it was it was in yeah until you get privy to like the conversations and everything else yeah. that that happened um because to me honestly going out in the middle of Texas it might as well be the fucking 70s <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't know yeah. um but uh yeah I I think like I said the know-how his his hunting skills his tracking skills as we get further along um, we see that he follows the blood a little bit, like he sees the blood and he looks and then it cuts along and we, and we don't come up, we don't follow blood and then come up and then see him still walking. The Coens know that the audience is already put together, that he's following the blood. So the next cut scene is just the, his back coming over the ridge to the shootout. Yeah. And I think like you, like I said, um, yeah, if, if not in the military, some formal training and tracking yeah. and hunting and everything. Obviously, he's an outdoorsman. It's Texas. Yeah. But you get the sense that not everybody in this community is that good as he is at 
doing what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, when Llewellyn comes across the the shootout, the the deal gone wrong, mm-hmm. um, what do you what do you have anything for that? Any any idea, um, thoughts or comments or anything like that? Uh, no, I mean. He he knows right away what it is. Yeah, like he, without a doubt. He, he yeah, knows, he knows. looking looking down at it. Yeah, from the ridge, he knows what it is. Yeah, and his his wheel, the wheels are turning already, and um, I think it's interesting that he asked the last man, "Where's the last man standing?" Like, I wonder, you know. And that's just, and that's and see that goes even further into something that the audience, uh, like he says, there wouldn't must have wouldn't been it, one. Wouldn't but why would there? You know. What if they're all dead right there? You know. Well, I, he gets a good look around around the site, and this is before he looks in the back for the heroin. But if there was a drug deal and it went wrong, and he doesn't see any money, oh, then yeah. the money's got to be somewhere, and it's not there. So if that's the case, somebody oh, had yeah, to have yeah. taken it. So or there that's was where, never any money. That's true, but, but they don't think that there was. Yeah. Um, so and and that and that conveys to the audience even more so because, like you said. Had he not said it, and the movie just went on, or if I was there, I wouldn't have fucking put that shit together. Yeah. You were asking the same question, and him asking Ultima Ombre, Last Man Standing, where where he is, where is he? There had to be one. That, in of itself, is showing more of his know how. It's yeah. like, oh yeah, he's right. There should be another man. Obviously, there's no money here. There's drugs here. You know where 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 they are. And then him talking his way through it, talking to himself through, I reckon I come in the same way I came out because they probably chose this place. They don't know their surrounding areas. It was probably at night. Couldn't see where he was going. Yeah, doesn't know where. Doesn't know where else to go. That's the only way I know to go out. Um, just all of this stuff is just, like I said, meticulous of the Coens to use, and it's in Cormac McCarthy's book as well. As as good of a writer as he is. But just showing how meticulous and how smart all the characters are in this movie. And that's a problem with something that I've always found with writing. Is uh, I want to sound smart. And um, my work needs to convey that. So a lot of the time when I'm writing things, especially through dialogue. uh, Everybody's just trying to like big dick each other mm-hmm. with their intellect yeah and in reality not everybody's that smart and people have different levels of intelligence um but in this movie it kind of it's null and void because we're thrown into a world where if you're not about your wits the way these yeah, people absolutely. are you're yeah. gonna you're gonna die and yeah. we and we see that and i wrote that down later on that everybody seems to think that they are in le- in Anton Sugar's league. Yeah. And nobody is. Yeah. Like no one. Yeah. Um, which is insane. Um, I I just it's crazy. Um Yeah, so as as Llewellyn leaves, um, he's looking for the last man standing. Um he comes, he's like looking out, he's he's telling himself if he stop, he's stopping shade. He finally in the same direction, sees a tree, looks out, and then just this again. Instead of approaching, he stops yeah, he and he look. looks at his watch and he waits. The and just to moving. see the guy's yeah. not moving, waits there for like an hour. Guy hasn't moved once. Yeah. So he gets up and he walks over to him, knows that he's he's either hurt real bad yeah. or he's dead already. Yeah, for sure. Walks up there and uh 
This is, I mean, like Llewellyn continues to convey his intelligence, but this is where things start to fall apart for him. Yeah. Um, Because at this point, he finds the money. And uh, I think here you can give him a little leeway because we were... We've seen this movie a million times, yeah, so and, we, and we and we like to think that we're our, what is it armchair or what is it chair quarterbacking armchair quarterbacking what do they call it what uh, oh like like backseat driving almost yeah uh, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah or they're like oh I would have done that. yeah yeah you yeah, yeah, done yeah. That. yeah yeah so um we're 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 pissed off that he didn't look through the money right away but yeah. at this point in time he needs to get out of there as fast as possible because somebody's gonna come looking for it and it's very close to where the money was not, or originally supposed to be right now thinking about that right now that's not the only thing that that makes him not look it's beyond him. Yeah, this amount of money. This, is yeah, beyond, yeah, dude. He's he's like living the, in a fucking trailer. Just like he's the, a welder. The violence is beyond Ed Tom. Mm-hmm. This money is way beyond him. Yeah, so yeah, he's yeah, just yeah. like hell yeah. Like the violence, he's in the element. Yeah, but the money, as far as like thinking further. Yeah, you know, the possibilities. Like, no. Yeah, of of any of it is is insane. Um, and you know what? Now I'm thinking about it. Later on, he says, I know what a transponder is. Yeah. So. But he, he didn't think yeah. to look in He's there like, for there a transponder. There might be a transponder yeah. in here. At what point would you stop looking for your $2 million? Exactly. Why wouldn't you put a tr- transponder in there? You yeah. think these guys are fucking lowballing it? Like, no. Another thing. It's the we were truck ta- full of drugs. <laughs> yeah. We were, ta- we were talking about him getting back to his house, and he's got the fucking briefcase. I wrote down, anybody outside of a business setting with a briefcase is suspicious. Yeah. Toss all that shit in a fucking garbage bag. Yeah. If I like even pretending I am I am not in the in the criminal underworld or anything like that. If I'm anywhere and somebody is not in a business setting and I see somebody with a briefcase, I make believe that there's drugs or money inside there, which are very well possibly could be. I just I just thought of your Halloween costume, Llewellyn. Yeah, because you're sure. <laughs> I'll do it. I fucking dude, Llewellyn's so sick. That'd be kind of sick. Just grow my hair out a yeah, little longer, yeah. mustache, and then get my fucking cowboy boots and my hat. I'll be I'm good to go. <laughs> Hell yeah, I'm so down. Um, dang, you could be Anton. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta grow your hair out though, or get a wig. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Uh, we were just talking about the suspiciousness of of. Uh, you know the entire the entire briefcase scenario. Um, intro at Kelly McDonald, and I just wrote how beautiful she is and how I much I, I I love their banter. They seem like they're actually in love with each other, um, and she's just so lovely and and yeah can't can't say enough enough about her. Um, but yeah, their their banter is just hilarious. I love that he's he's not lying. He's to her. honest to her. <laughs> She just doesn't believe Yeah. It. Where'd you get that gun? At the getting place? Yeah. Like, dude, just, it's so sweet and cute, but there's this underlining, all of this danger here, yeah. and he's just trying to keep it from her, mm-hmm. but at the same time, being completely honest with her. Yeah. What's in the satchel? It's full of money. Like, I'll be today. <laughs> yeah. Um, just, just great stuff. Uh, when he wakes up to go, Give the guy uh, water, which is the dumbest thing. Oh yeah, I, we skipped the "ain't no lobos." Oh yeah, I love that. I love that line. <laughs> Told you I ain't got no water. Um, but uh, when he's getting up to leave, I love. I 
there's something about the disillusionment of people speaking to their dead relatives Mm -hmm. in films. There's, there's other instances of this and I can't think of any, and I know I've written some myself before, but when he tells her, if I don't come back, tell mother, I love her. And she's like, your mother's dead. Llewellyn. He's like, well, then I guess I'll tell her myself, like, there's something about, yeah, awesome. I mean, the writings of this movie is just amazing in general, Yeah. but that is just like so good. And it's, it, and it's a scary, like bumper on the idea that this man's not going to make it yeah. throughout the entire movie. And with seeing it the first time, that line might wash over you, but it's, a it's. Us knowing how smart this man is already, he's really in tune with the fact that he's probably going to die. Mm-hmm. Whether he wants, he's got to try to keep this money it's worth and it, he's got to try to do this shit in his head. But he's, he, I feel like he already knows he's going to die. Yeah. Which is crazy. Um, yeah. But also what, what we said that he should know that this guy is dead already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely, you're absolutely right. Like, and then, on, and then, even bringing him the water, what's it gonna it's do? It's not gonna do anything for him. You know, it it was a really, really stupid move, and th- this this is where I I didn't touch on this before we started talking about the actual movie, but this movie is not in my top tens, probably not even in my top twenty, um, but. There are very few movies that I could say this about, but I know this one for certain as this movie's perfect. Um, but in that sentence of itself is this movie, it's a movie. Um, there is a bit of suspension of disbelief that we kind of just have to put up yeah, with. Because yeah. why, like we said, why would he not look for a transponder? Yeah. Why the fuck, knowing what he knows, being in Vietnam, go, go that this that, that this man's, one, probably already dead, and two, water's not going to do shit for him. Yeah. Um, but so the movie can happen, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, it's exciting to him too. Also, I think. I think so. Yeah, going back out there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. What the fuck has he been doing before this? Uh, from other movies we've seen, veterans coming home from the war. Yeah, they want excitement. Yeah, yeah, they want yeah. That they're fucking, going. They're going yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's nineteen eighty. The, you know, the war was what stopped uh, years, five five years five earlier years than that. But that? I think his last tour he said was in sixty eight. Okay, so yeah. yeah. So he's been out of the game for like 10, 12 years. Yeah. And probably all those years he's been like, man, like, yeah. know, obviously he's a badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's probably been in some crazy shit, you mm-hmm. know? So, yeah, he was like, oh, hell yeah. Like, you know, like got my blood pumping again. Mm-hmm. So that's, I just that's got part sh- of it. I just got shot. Yeah. <laughs> and it still didn't deter him, you know? It's just yeah. like. Um, well, it hasn't happened yet. So yeah. Yeah. He, go- he goes back to the uh, to the crime scene. Uh, obviously the guy's dead, um, and as he looks up at the ridge of his of his car, he sees another car pull up to his. I love that it's just these silhouettes. He gets down, he's peeking out, and then you just hear, yeah. and his car just slides yeah. down over and over, popping his tires so he can't get away. Um, me and you, well, I I said it, and me and you both agreed. I was like, dude, as soon as I saw those other people, I would just start fucking Gone. running, just yeah. run. It's so dark out there. Um, they're, they're, they don't have their lights on yet. Just, just go, just go, they, just and, go. And you know, like you said, suspension of disbelief for the movie to happen. The, the, what, what happens after that could, could have still happened. Like if, like without him waiting 
for when they shine the light and yeah. then he starts running. Yeah. He could have started running. Those guys would have heard that. Yeah. That's not that far. And it's a fucking canyon. So the sound travels. If he started to run, mm-hmm. they would have been like, oh shit. Oh shit. There's somebody down yeah, there. Yeah. They would have been and driving down. Start shooting. Would have been him. driving down regardless. Yeah. Um, it just, it just, I mean, the fear. What grips you, like we said, oh, we're yeah. backseat driving. Yeah. This man... <laughs> what do I know? This man's been through the shit. We haven't been through anything. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. just how how it all plays out is fucking crazy. I would have walked right up that fucking hill. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> <bitch>. Desperado. <laughs> um, not yet. Not yet. Uh, <laughs> just put fucking... Uh, Quentin Tarantino. Antonio Antonio Banderas in this. Just swap all the problems. That's what would have been over. (laughs) Fucking thirty minutes. (laughs) Oh man. Um. Yeah. It's 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 just crazy. And then we were saying, I was I was saying as well that from up that ridge, moving on that truck, the way it's that way it's running. That guy's a great shot. Yeah. He doesn't hit Llewellyn until he's at the cliff, but he's like so damn close, so close to him each and every time. Um, that guy is definitely a professional yeah. at what he's doing. Um, it's uh, it's crazy. Um, th- that that whole sequence is is incredible. The sun's coming up. There's that storm in 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 the horizon. Oh, that shot is um, so sick. He takes one in the shoulder, goes down. Uh, the smart man that he is knows he can't. He ain't gonna be able to swim with the shoes on. Takes, Ta- him off. takes him off without thinking about it. Hops in the water. Dog chasing him, gets out, uh, knows he doesn't shoot, oh, and then he, knows, he yeah. knows right away the gun. The gun's fucking wet. He's got to fucking clear the chamber yeah. real quick, just in time. Hits the dog in the chest. It goes down. And aims too. Yeah, aims and, and doesn't shoot right away. He waits. The, oh, yep, right here. And boom. boom. Yeah, just the know-how and the tenacity yeah. to stay alive yep. in a situation where anybody else would be dead. Oh, dead is really. just yeah, awesome. Awesome. It right. get like I can only imagine how much he wanted to strangle that girl <laughs> at the end of the movie. Where I just See? like that's it. Yeah, I'll never forget that. What are you fucking talking about? This movie's were, insane. Were, were you asleep this whole time? <laughs> Do you see what this man went through? Fuck. Uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, like you said, seeing this movie a million times. Yeah. I l- watching it today. Uh. And and I think this movie because it cuts back cuts back and forth between characters so much in different locations. It's if you try to without really uh, mapping it out. If you try to figure out the sequence of events and when they happen, mm. um, it's a little hard. Uh, but after this scene, immediately we get the gas station scene. Yeah. And when when we're watching it today, I was like, oh shit, this happens this early, like right now. And uh, yeah. Uh, I I definitely guys you're going to listen to this entire scene just so you know. So strap in to listen to it because here it is. How much? 69 cent. And the gas. Y'all getting any rain up your way? What way would that be? I seen you was from Dallas. What business is it of yours? Where I'm from? Friendo. I didn't mean nothing by it. Didn't mean nothing. Just passing the time. If you don't want to accept that, I don't know what else I can do for you. Might be something else. I don't know. Will there? 
there's something wrong. With what? With anything. Is that what you're asking me? Is there something wrong with anything? Will there be anything else? You already asked me that. Well, I need to see about closing him. See about closing? Yes, sir. What time do you close? Now, we close now. Now is not a time. What time do you close? Generally around dark, at dark. You don't know what you're talking about, do you? Sir? I said, you don't know what you're talking about. What time do you go to bed? Sir? You're a bit deaf, aren't you? I said, what time do you go to bed? Oh, somewhere around 9.30. I'd say around 9.30. I could come back then. Why would you be coming back? We'll be closed. Yeah, you said that. Well, I got to close now. You live in that house out back? Yes, I do. You lived here all your life? This is my wife's father's place, uh, originally. You married into it? We lived in Temple, Texas for many years. Raised a family there in Temple. We come out here about four years ago. You married into it? <laughs> That's the way you want to put it. Well, I don't have some way to put it. That's the way it is. the most you ever lost on a coin toss? Sir? The most you ever lost on a coin toss? I don't know. I couldn't say. Call it. Call it, yes. For what? Just call it. Well, we need to know what we're calling it for here. You need to call it. I can't call it for you. It wouldn't be fair. I didn't put nothing up. Yes, you did. You've been putting it up your whole life. You just didn't know it. You know what date is on this coin? No. 1958. It's been traveling 22 years to get here. And now it's here. And it's either heads or tails. And you have to say, call it. Well, look, I need to know what I stand to win. Everything. How's that? You stand to win everything, call it. All right. Heads in. Well done. Don't put it in your pocket, sir. Don't put it in your pocket, it's your lucky quarter. Where you want me to put it? Anywhere not in your pocket. But it'll get mixed in with the others and become just a coin. Which it is. But yeah, this, this scene's insane. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, this is, like, this is the... When you watch the Oscars and they fucking announce who's nominated for the movie and they show a little clip of the movie, this is the that, scene that yeah, they absolutely. show yeah. of... of uh, Javier Bardem being this character. Yep. And like we said, the actor that plays the teller or the clerk at the gas station is just, they're both so good. Yeah. And 
there's a visible irritation and frustration that you see in Javier Bardem when the clerks just he's it's not that he's not hearing him it's the questions that he's asking him just don't re- don't him. register yeah. because who asks these questions yeah. and in this manner and the guy god bless him it, he's seen a lot of people come and go oh, yeah. through his shop and some ruffians, some regular customers, obviously. Mm-hmm. And he has great defense mechanisms to kind of deter what like, what this man is bringing before him. Yeah. And it's almost a childlike jubilance of, I find this man in like interesting and, and like a, like playing with a bug as a kid, burning ants mm-hmm. that saves his life. Because Anton is, is one, very offended that he's asking any questions about who he is or where he's going. Yeah. And it, it's, it's just insane. And, and he he's getting irritated about the fact that he has to repeat himself. <laughs> and then you find him smiling and a little bit at some of the answers and some of the responses. Yeah. Uh, didn't mean nothing. And, yeah. And... and <laughs> Is that what you're asking me? You're asking me if, you know, mm. there's anything wrong with anything? Like the like the back and forth between this these two actors is just absolutely incredible. Yeah. And the the writing in it, the pacing of it, the delivery, the the everything in the scene, the shots, everything, the costumes, the sets, the props, the acting, the landscape behind them inside uh it's just so good and I could watch this scene over and over again. I I have it on like my favorites on YouTube. Anytime me anybody starts talking about movies, I could bring this up and show it to him. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's lost on anybody. It's just this man knows and doesn't know how close he was to being murdered. Yeah, he and knows there's something up with this guy. For yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there there is a there are intentions that everybody has in this movie that. The Coens are so good, and the actors, of course, are so good at conveying through nobody speaking at all. Mm-hmm. And it just, it, it comes across in this scene in spades, for sure. And it's it's probably my favorite scene in the entire movie. Yeah, and that's great. saying something, because every scene in this movie is wow. Yeah. Just, just wow. I mean, you, to see a, a psychotic killer's sense of humor yeah is what 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 really just kind of makes him chuckle yeah the whole coin thing yeah it'll be become just another coin which it is gives him that little <laughs> mm. yeah which it is uh yeah it's it's insane um i i i, lo- I love that scene it's it's great uh, we we get back to Llewellyn, um, who's telling Carla Jean she's they gotta leave. I love, you know, she's resistant to it, but he tell he's at this point we understand that because we don't see the conversation that they have that he's got two million dollars, but we already know she, they've had it because he asked her at what point would you stop looking for your two million dollars. Mm-hmm. He's told her why she's leaving, and she's hesitant just because she's scared, which obviously anybody would be. Um, how does he know it's $2 million, though? I think th- from the stacks, and he could tell how many are across and how many would fit deep. Mm. And you could kind of just guesstimate off of that. Wouldn't it just be easier if he took them all out? I mean, them? it would have been. Yeah, it, it really would have been. Um, 
but I, I love I love the line that uh, any anything you leave behind you're never gonna see again, mm-hmm. which is which is telling. It's just super super duper. Oh, um, after that we get the scene where uh, Anton meets up with uh, the two um, management types, and mm-hmm. they go out to the scene. And this is when I first wrote down that because uh, obviously we know that. And not Anton, that Llewellyn and that uh, fucking god damn it, what's his name? Carson Wells. That Llewellyn and Carson Wells uh, imagine that they're in the same league, and yeah, they they deal in violence and that and everything like that. But this is when I first wrote it down because these guys that he they they he goes out with to the the middle of the desert. These guys have no they don't think anything of the sort that they're going to be murdered no executed they think oh this guy's on our side and this is this is just another instance of the storyteller showing you how unhinged this man is yeah. and because at this point in, in the movie we don't even know why he did that does he want the money does no. he just want a chase does he just want satisfaction of Oh, I got it, and now I'll just burn it or something like a like a Joker type. Um, I think it's, I think it's just people just knowing what he looks like. He just doesn't trust anybody. That's good. I see, and see, that's something that I didn't even I didn't think about. Um, but but he doesn't just kill, just because he feels like killing. Like he kills, and then is like, oh, I can get away with this. But this person has to die. Like he doesn't kill the lady later on, the the big lady yeah, at the yeah, trailer yeah, park. Yeah. Too many people probably saw him walk mm-hmm, in there. Mm-hmm. So you know. But and, he and, wants and to it, and totally kill it. And it's yeah, no, you could tell without a <laughs> doubt. Um, and it's strange how that works too, because and then you know Carson talks on it later on that I don't think he kills indiscriminately. I think he kills on principle mm-hmm. when he needs to and when he feels people deserve it. Whether or not it's a moral thing, I think. I think in having inconvenienced him, yeah. he thinks that people deserve it. Um, irritating him, people yeah. deserve yeah. it. But there's a very strict rule that he might live by for obviously the coin flipping. Yeah, um, it's it's he's a fucking psycho. Yeah, psycho. yeah there's no rationalizing He's a psycho. That. Those guys, uh, those he he probably just killed those two guys because he's like, yeah, I don't trust these dudes because. He's already profiling everyone in that world. Yeah. He goes, none of these guys give a fuck who you are, what ties they have to you. Well, you know, there's no lo- loyalty or mm-hmm. anything. And then also, like you said, they, they probably annoyed him with what they were saying. That's a dead dog. He's like, yes, <laughs> yes, it, it is. is. <laughs> like, no shit, idiot. <laughs> like, you're a dumbass. Why? Wait, what? And you made me sit, bitch? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, After that, we get... Uh, we get the sheriff, uh, Ed Tom, going out with his deputy. Um, like we said, he's laying out the landscape, basically giving us beat for beat of things that he... It is what transpired, and he's getting it yeah. correct. And then I like what I said, I wrote it down, is that his deputy says, that's very linear, Sheriff. And that's what the Coen brothers are doing with the movie. They're laying out the visuals for the audience to be able to put together the pieces to understand. So it doesn't have to be, cause there's, there's great dialogue in this movie, but I feel like there's the most minimal exposition where people are getting explained things mm-hmm. like 
that a movie could possibly have. Yeah. Um, it's it's just awesome. It's so good, and uh, there's so many great lines in this, and um, I love I love the line. Uh, it's like, oh, well, this is a mess, isn't it? It's like, if it ain't, it'll do till the mess gets yeah, here. Yeah. Like, so good. Mm-hmm. Like, so good. Uh, just love it. Um, next, we see Llewellyn putting Carla Jean on, uh, on the bus. And like I said, I just love their banter back and forth, even in small moments like this. Llewellyn, I got a bad feeling about this. Well, I got a good one, so that should even it out. <laughs> um Kelly McDonald's so hot again, I wrote down. <laughs> Just over and over again. Yeah, we we see that really quick. She's going to going to see her mom. And uh I, I like when she says, She's just gonna curse you up and down. He's like, You should be used, used to, that. to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just I yeah, I love their relationship so yeah. much. Like I really I really I think Llewellyn is written well enough that everybody really is rooting for him in yeah, this movie. Totally. And you could tell he really cares about Carla Jean and it's it's just the writing's on the wall really um obviously anton visits Llewellyn's home um that's where we get the scene where we're talking about where he goes to visit the management and you could tell he wants to kill that lady mm-hmm. he hears something there's somebody there he can't kill her um uh, and then minutes later uh uh fucking the deputy and the sheriff show up mm-hmm. and uh that's another great scene that's when and it what do you think because later on when they're talking about the autopsy and the no bullet in the brain and tommy jones is very perplexed by it he they go to the house and he sees the lock busted out he notices it right away and later on when he's talking to carla jean about killing steer how they do it with the gun but now that they have the the air gun I've always wondered, does he make the connection at some point, or is that just something that he's familiar with and it never, never comes to like, mm. comes to mind that that Anton's using that to kill people, and to get into rooms. I I think I think that was one of the details though that the first uh, deputy had said right. Um, He's like, oh, it's like, I think he's carrying around a, an air tank. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe that was relayed. I don't know. Possibly. Yeah, he already knew Yeah, because they never really confirm whether or not he puts it together that that's what he's using yeah. or whatever. But he talks about it to Carla Jean, but kind of out of context. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. It's something that I always, I always wondered. Um, Where do you think he got that? From a fucking cattle Some place. Dude he had killed. Yeah. He was I like, got... oh shit, this will be useful. Yeah. Yeah. I need you to step out of the car, sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I love, I love, uh, the line when they're, when they're in, when they're in his, in his apartment or in the trailer and the deputy asked, uh, as he's drinking the milk. Oh, yeah. He's like, he asked him, he's like, you think, that this boy Llewellyn's got any idea like what kind of deal he's in? He's like he should. He's seen everything I've seen. It certainly made an impression on me. Yeah. Like <laughs> just the, the writing's so good. I just I just want to eat it. I want to eat it up. Um, after after this, uh, 
we get uh, Llewellyn for the first time alone, secluded. He's in a hotel. He's far away from where he got the money. What do you, Jason, do when you do that? Dude, I'm, I'm. First of all, I'm so I'm fucking level ten paranoid, <laughs> stressed out, just on alert. I'm looking. I'm looking. I mean, I to me, I'd want to see how much money really is in there. I, yeah. I would. I would want to count like hundred percent how much is in there, mm-hmm. and like just like I don't know. I feel like just. Just, just sheer, sheer like paranoia. You would just start going through all of them. Mm-hmm. You know, like what if these are fake bills and it's just real ones on top? Yeah. You know, like then I'm really only fucking fighting for my life for like for like fifty 40 grand, grand or or forty grand. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to millions of dollars. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, um, yeah. I don't know. I I feel like you would dump that shit out and just start being like, dude, like somebody's got to come looking for this. Like, well, what? Yeah, that's that's the same point that I was making. You're finally alone. Your your girl's on a bus. You're you're far away enough that you could take your time. You're not fucking a mile away from the shootout or anything. Um, nobody's come and found you yet. So, like I said, yeah, do the same thing. And then also, I want to get naked and roll around on that money. Like I said, <laughs> uh, so that's something that I would do for sure. Uh, yeah. Um, and then he would have found it, you know, pretty quick because it was in the first fucking stack or the second stack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like bills, pretty, so. he finds it pretty quick when he looks for it. Yeah. So that's crazy that he didn't do that. Um, I can't remember exactly what he goes out for. Um, I, it doesn't. I don't think it shows. He just he just walks out. He le- he leaves. I don't remember he leaves, but when he when he leaves. He shuts the curtains before he lock. He walks out. Yeah. And then when he comes back, uh, he's in the taxi cab, and then um, maybe goes to get something to eat. Goes to the some, bar. Something I can't remember, but yeah. I I feel like they do. Like he goes out for a specific purpose, but I don't remember what it was. It's not. It's not for the the polls. No, because he has on. to get the polls when he goes back That's later. Yeah. yeah. Um, it might be for the, the first pair of boots and to clean his feet and stuff. It might be oh. for that stuff. Um, but, uh, whatchamacallit, <clears throat> he, so when he comes back, the curtains are open and he notices that. So he tells the fucking, you're already in a jackpot. I'm trying to get you out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, goes to another motel and then that's when he's, he's getting the polls. Uh, and then see, this is where we get, so, so the movie is basically void of any joy at all but the cohen's being the cohen's and knowing that you need some sort of like light-hearted romp in this we get two of like the funniest little jokes in there that are really quick and aren't haha funny but they make you chuckle and they make you laugh so mm-hmm. when he's trying to figure out he needs the polls and then the guy's like oh well you oh, already yeah. got it you already got a tent and he's like yeah it's like uh Most right. polls. yeah pretty much he's like <laughs> No, forget it. I, I want a tent. What kind of tent? The one with the most poles. And then it cuts over, and then he goes back. And so he already had this encounter with the woman talking about how he doesn't need a big bed because he's just one man. Oh, my God. And so right. he goes back, and he's asking for the room adjacent to his so that he could go in there. And Still she's like, it. it's got two <laughs> double beds. <laughs> and well, see, like one man. So. And see, like, that's not something he would laugh at, but the observer, because we, you know, it, yeah. it's the Coens are good, obviously, at comedy. Yeah. But um, they know that things can't just be that so dry that, you know, 
you can't ever just laugh in the you middle know, of it. You know what's funny though is that she says it's got two double beds. The first room that he got has two double beds. Is it? Does it really? Yeah, I didn't notice. Yeah, yeah. Um, so at this point, the transponder's working. He's he's working his magic. He's he you know he's got his shotgun. He's got the poles. Um, he's trying to get that shit out of it. The transponder starts working. Nanton picks up on it and rolls up to the uh, to the uh, hotel. Hotel, and I love the succession and how fast it is. That like we know the the interactions that Llewellyn had with that lady about the rooms and the mm-hmm. sizes, and then it just cuts to uh, Anton looking at the layouts of the room too. <laughs> so we and, and that's all we see. We don't see what their conversations yeah. like. So, but we can infer and just kind of like giggle at that yeah. the idea of that we've already seen him talk to civilians like a bunch so whatever imagine. that conversation was <laughs> like and then um just his impeccable know-how and Dude, for, like, like him going to the room superpower seeing how fast he can open the doors yeah. going up to the walls checking how thick they are like, just all all of it, just the layout fuck. of the room so he knows that when he goes in there, he's got this much time to fucking yeah. look around, shoot who he needs to shoot. Somebody's hiding behind that door. I could shoot through the wall. Just yeah, fucking cool. Yeah. It, it makes you wonder if this man was like ex-CIA yeah, or, some, or some some sort of crazy ass shit like that like you don't just um you don't just you don't just pick that shit up no, on the street dude. No, no, no. Like, he's not just a psycho just yeah at random whatever no yeah. he, he definitely training because later on when he when he heals himself yeah, yeah, or yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. fixes himself up that's and he knows exactly what to look for yeah you know all that shit everything yeah um all all that's just fucking so crazy like how how good he is and um the like the execution of when he goes into the next room is just masterful Dude. you know he he had already timed how long it takes to open the door after he blows the lock off comes in shoots that guy sprays that guy ah. dude the arm dangle ah. it's like <laughs> hanging on by tendons and then he just puts one more in there shoots the wall uh guy comes out of the bathroom just guns blazing goes down super quick and then i love him yeah, just moving yeah. Clo- slowly, sees the sees the arm in the mirror, and then goes in there, and the guy's just... <laughs> yeah, and then doesn't want to get blood on himself, pulls the curtain back, and then just <laughs> let's go, let's lose. First time I've ever seen a shotgun with a suppressor on it. Yeah, apparently those aren't real. Yeah, apparently they, they made that up for this. Okay. Um, yeah, because I looked into that. Um, they might have come through at some point after that, but I remember looking that up and it said that they weren't real. So mm. interesting. Wait, uh, suppressors in general? No, for for, oh, for, a shotgun. for a shotgun. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, super cool. It makes an awesome noise. Um, for the movie, I don't care. It's it's awesome. And the color too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know that that it's not a black one. Yeah, just a contrast. Yeah. That's that silver. Yeah. Um, the the walk that he takes up to the room, um, obviously he takes his boots off for mm. the no sound. But like, I was looking at, I was like, dang, that would be a really cool poster of this movie. It's the the silencer barrel, his jeans with socks on, and then the fucking the the air canister mm. like just hanging. That's so cool. And then just seeing him, like his silhouette in the dark when they show his head later on, I was like, oh man, that's so, so good. And the cinematography, Roger Deakins just 
just amazing. I, I thought a sick poster would be when Llewellyn has his gun and his sawed-off shotgun. And when he's walking up like this, like when he after he shoots him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He picks yeah, up yeah. his weapon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. all bloody. He's like... like that, Walk, that walking shit, towards the yeah, side. Yeah, yeah dude. So good. Oh, yeah. So, obviously, Llewellyn gets away. Apparently... Woody Harrelson, I, I don't know if we already had this conversation, but Woody Harrelson is playing a version of his father. I guess his father was like some sort of hitman or something like that. Whoa. Yeah, so it's weird. Um, I, I heard that somewhere, and I was like, what the hell? That's crazy. So Car- so Carson meets Steven Root yeah. in there, and he's talking to him about how well he knows Anton Chigurh. We get to get an idea of who Carson is and his sensibilities and stuff like that. Um but we don't really like he he seems obviously he's in this world he's meeting with Stephen Rue but we don't get uh, I don't get a threatening vibe from him and he doesn't treat Llewellyn the way that Sugar treats him or or somebody that you should obviously he's been in shit and he's part of this world but it just the vibe's different and then we see that play out later on um, with his interaction with Anton it's just like kind of cowardly. Yeah, I mean he's he's strictly he's strictly in for the money. Yeah, he's definitely. strictly for the money. Definitely, and you know he's not out there. He doesn't. I don't. He doesn't get pleasure from killing people. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's not a complete psychopath. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. After that, we get the showdown. Um. Between uh, Anton and uh, Llewellyn, and it's the first time that they kind of come face to face with each other. Llewellyn's in his in his. Uh, I love the line, and he's swinging dick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's in his hotel room, and he's laying there. And I don't know why he didn't think about this before, but he does. Ain't no way. Starts looking through the money, finds a transponder, the receiver in there. And, uh, yeah, we're like, dude, chuck it out the fucking window. But at this point, it's already too late. He yeah. knows he's already there. Like, he'll, he he would check every door. Like he, yeah, he yeah. He would kick open every door. Yeah, and he kind of doesn't. Gonna... And he kind of doesn't even need to. Yeah. Um. He who knows what he got out of the clerk downstairs. Right. Um. Yeah, that's true. It's it's yeah. That guy talked right away. Like I said, yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. And like I said, like dude, I would not be standing right in front of the door, uh, waiting for this dude to kick in. I'd be on the I'd be on the floor, like yeah. pointed up or whatever. But he takes it in the in the side because of the air the air gun, and then obviously gets away because he fires a fucking round of buckshot at the door, and hops out the window. And this scene, how does this scene hit you? Like, hits me right in the throat. <laughs> so, uh, you can say that again. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, it's it's fucking it's what you've been waiting for the whole time. Yeah, you the want, showdown. You want to see what's up? What they're both made of? Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, they're pretty. They're pretty. Uh, they're pretty neck and neck. I mean, they're. Like they both get hurt. You yeah, know, yeah, they both yeah. Get shot. Yeah, they both they both get one over on each yeah. other for sure. And I think Anton a little bit underestimates oh, Llewellyn, yeah. which he definitely wouldn't have done again. No. But I think in this instance, yeah, he no, underestimates shit. him yeah. a little bit. I love the fact that uh, this entire sequence until uh, Llewellyn gets behind the car and waits for Anton to come out. You don't see Anton shooting at all when he runs back through the hotel and he, and uh, Llewellyn's running through the alley. You just see muzzle flash yeah. in the window, muzzle flash in the window. And then when he gets in the car, pulls over this poor guy, loose reins, 
Gets in the car. All right, I ain't gonna hurt you. I like, just fucking takes God. it in the throat and then in the head. In the head, just immediately. Car starts moving, so Anton's not able to hit it as well. But you, like the entire time, you just see the flash. You see kind of like it just coming, and as the car moves by, the bullets just move across the car. Yeah, because he goes from in front of the car to the side of the car to the back of the car. Just so epic and. Oh man, it, it's just awesome. It's just so awesome. And then yeah, this is when you know, I think like in in the instance where Anton, you know, underestimates Llewellyn, Llewellyn gets out pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Again, the same way Llewellyn sees tracks the dog back and everything, Anton walks up to the car, he sees the blood and immediately he's like, Oh shit, jumps yeah. out of the way, obviously takes one in the leg yeah. and uh is on his merry way. And Llewellyn... He's a fast motherfucker. Dude, yeah, super fast. <laughs> and then had Llewellyn not been hurt, I, I think he would have pursued, but yeah. he's, like, losing a lot of blood at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Real fast. The weapon yeah. he has, uh, Sugar has, it's a it's an Uzi, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like an SMG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think it's pretty funny because a shitload of dudes in Desperado... Have that they do, and also Vincent Vega has that. He does in Pulp Fiction. You're right. You're right. Uh, it, it's um, it's a weapon of criminals for sure. <laughs> a newsy, a newsy with a silencer. <laughs> yeah, weapon of choice for for criminals. Um, what what do we got here? Oh yeah. So after this, we realize that that Anton's hurt. Um, and the whole car distraction scene, no words, but just fucking awesome you see this guy in the middle of the street just doing going into somebody's car tank and just yeah. knowing the fact that when the shit blows up nobody's going to be looking inside the store yeah the way he does it ripping a shirt cotton swabs uh giving them a timer so that you know the seal on there it won't blow up right away right. and he has time to walk away just all of this stuff is just so cool yeah and like he was a spy of some no sort. exactly that's like, what that's what it seems like that's exactly too, what I'm saying as a little kid watching this stuff it's it's James Bondian yeah, of, of the way that you you do things to distract people and to give yourself a timer and all all yeah, this stuff yeah. it's so cool yeah so cool um and yeah and then we get him stealing his stealing his medical supplies and then obviously we were talking about uh like him healing himself and then yeah. i brought up the fact that like <laughs> every time now when i get a cut and i have to clean clean my cuts or change a bandage or something yeah. i just pretend i'm anton shinker fucking <laughs> just uh cleaning uh, cleaning cleaning up and taking care of myself you got, you giving got, myself steroids you gotta you gotta do a fucking uh video meme or whatever and be like what i think i look like, like <laughs> yeah. you know, we were saying earlier what I think I look like and what I really look like. And the cut is tiny cut. Ow, ow, no, 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 ow, ow, ow. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. It's all, all good stuff. The bl- you know, we were talking about the blood. Mm-hmm. Dude, the blood, when when it's the shot from above the tub and he's sitting oh, yeah, in the yeah, tub, yeah. that fucking blood looks so gnarly. No, it does. Oh, man. And it's like caked on his leg because yeah. he's been bleeding all yep. night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just going down his leg. Um, do you have anything to say about... Uh, Llewellyn crossing the border because I didn't write anything down for that. Uh, no, nah, I just think it's hilarious when he crosses over and the Mexican just border asleep agent and doesn't give a shit. Just shows him the beer. He's just like, because nobody cares what goes into Mexico. <laughs> yeah. They just care about what comes out of yeah. it. Yeah, especially in Texas. Um, 
Yeah, I love I, lo- I love the. I mean, obviously that's after he meets the kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Obviously, the uh, Josh Brolin's performance in this movie is incredible. But the look that he gives a kid when the kid asks him oh, yeah. how much for the beer, yeah, it's like how much, and he just right give him the beer. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just fucking good. Let him hold the money. Yeah, fuckers. Um, I love I love uh, him getting woken up by the mariachi man. Singing a song about being hung over and yeah. shit. <laughs> and then, Merico, Merico, por favor. Yeah. Uh, Their faces up. are great. Yeah, when yeah. When they see all the blood. They're like, oh shit. Um, him meeting Carson Wells, that that whole conversation between them as well, mm. I was talking about him being a welder. Mm-hmm. What did I say? Um, all that stuff is fucking good. The realization that he's out of his element when he says, "Me, how do you know he's not going Odessa? It's like, why would he be going there? Kill your wife. Just like everybody knows about your wife. Everybody knows Dude, where she's everyone. going. Like, you're not safe. You're out of your element. You, you're not You're not built for this. You're not. Um, maybe if you were one-on-one, didn't have anybody to worry about, sure. But yeah. no, you got people that you care about. You, you're yeah. not built for this life. Um and that yeah, that scene's good. Uh, I love the scene between uh, Carla Jean and Ed Tom about Charlie Walzer. Mm. Charlie Walzer, the the battle between man and steer, it is not certain. The outcome is not certain, which is true. Mm-hmm. It's true. No matter how prepared and how well you think you are adept into any given situation, you never fucking know, man. You never know. You never know. So, you know, take. Roll the dice as you will. This is when after uh, oh because we had to skip this scene. I noticed we didn't watch it afterwards because it started skipping. Um, when Anton kills Carson, which oh, is yeah, an amazing yeah. scene. I love that. Uh, There's another bit of uh, Anton Sugar comedy in that one too. Yeah, yeah. Um, how how like okay go, go into that just what what you think about it or oh, whatever. I just um, after he kills him. And or he kills him, and then he's still on the phone, and then he hangs up on him, and then he's like, and then the way he looks at <laughs> his dead body, yeah, 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 he's like, can you believe that he hung up on me? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that seems incredible, and you you really get the sense that, and it comes back to the point where when Woody Harrelson is meeting Stephen Root. And he's like, you live somewhat of a charm life, haven't you? Yeah. And he's like, I don't think charm had anything to do with it. And in this moment, because Anton reaches him before he gets to his room. He's walking up the stairs behind him. Yeah. And he brings him in there. In this moment, I think Carson Wells understands that whatever charm, whatever luck he had, it's gone. It's mm-hmm. out. He's dead. He's yeah. dying. Oh, yeah. The caskets already got the nails in well, it. Because he said he had met him once before, and I wonder what that meeting was. I think it was probably on a professional level where they were introduced to each other yeah. to do something or something or other. Yeah. Um. Because he tell he tells Llewellyn the same things like, "Oh, you you saw him, and you're still alive." So, like, wow, okay. <laughs> um. And the and the scene, just the desperation in Carson Wells. Like you don't have to do this. I'm a day trader. I can give you the money. Yeah. I know where the money is. Yeah. And then when he realizes he's not gonna talk his way out of it, he's like, "You son of a bitch." 
You realize how I'm crazy you are? Yeah, how crazy you are. You mean the nature of the situation. <laughs> I mean the, the nature, nature of you. Just <laughs> so good. And then fucking the, the look on Anton's face when the phone rings and Carson jumps. And yeah. it's just like, <laughs> that, dude, he just smiles yeah. really quick. He's like, yeah. You're fucking scared, yeah. <laughs> and then just <laughs> kills him. You just you don't see it. You just see his fucking arms yeah. fly up and come back down. And just man, and then the conversation that him and Llewellyn have on the phone. Llewellyn, this is where you really start to see the wheels come off with Llewellyn yeah. because in any high tent, like any like high criminal situation, you're never supposed to lose your cool and be like, "I'm gonna fucking kill mm-hmm. you." But no, that's when you know, he knows, yeah, you're done. You're Just done. Like you're scared. You're Express. scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have any idea how weak you just made us look? <laughs> We're coming at you with everything we got. <laughs> I love that scene so Dude, much. Dude, Gary Cole's so good. Oh. So good. Oh, okay. We'll talk about this later. Um, but yeah, Gary Cole's fucking amazing. But um, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking about yeah. when, I was, when I was saying that. Um, I, I love that you picked that up. Uh, but yeah, so, you know... That, that all happens, and uh, right after this, this is when Anton finally goes and kills Stephen Rue. He's pissed. The Mexicans had a transponder. Carson yeah. Wells yeah. came after it. He's like, you um, the right tool for the job. Yeah. You, if you, yeah, just pick the right tool for the job. You don't need any other tools, yeah. you know? Um, this is a question that I've had. Um, do you see me? Are you going to kill me? It depends. Do you see me? Yeah. Now, is he asking the man... Do you see me? Yeah. Well, then, of course, I'm going to kill you. Or is he asking the man, do you see me? No, I don't see you. Okay, then I'm going to let you go. What mm-hmm. do you think? Do you, you don't think he flips the coin right there? I think if he was going to flip the coin, we would have saw it. Yeah. I think, uh, I think that guy will talk. I think, I think he needs to die. So you so but this is uh, that I'm not okay so I'm not necessarily asking if this guy dies or not. I'm asking what do you think Anton is actually saying? Is he oh. saying if you say that you don't see me, I'm going to let you live or is he saying obviously you see me, so I'm 100% going to kill you? Oh, yeah, yeah. What do you think Anton is saying in that scene? Well, yeah, no, he's saying he's like, well that depends. You've seen me. Like Oh, then, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, you agree. So, yeah. I yeah, I think the same thing. But it, there's this ambiguity to it that, like, we don't know for sure. Yeah. And I that's what I love about that, too. And that happens. Uh, well, no. Well, to somebody who doesn't pay attention to the details, you would think, oh, did he kill Carla Jean at the end? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely. He, but he definitely obviously, does, yeah, we do. Some we, people would be like, oh, I don't know. Well, I don't know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, we, know, we know he's meticulous about keeping his feet clean and shit yeah. like that. So then we're getting pretty close to the fucking end here, man. Um, they're going to El Paso, Texas. Uh, you know how many people she knows in El Paso, Texas? That's how many. That's how many. I got the cancer. Um, I love the line. It's not very often you see a Mexican in a suit. <laughs> um, chicken crates in the back. Everybody's everybody's literally Poor like master. just yeah, just 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 recovering and then putting their la- their last move. Uh, Born and bred. It's like yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah, you were. Um, some real some real fucking locals. Yeah, that motherfucker. Oh yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> Um, I love the lady at the pool. Beer leads to more beer. Oh yeah, 
I love all that. I love Llewellyn just being flattered at at the fact. And then um, obviously Carla Jean is going to meet them there. The Mexicans already know that Llewellyn's there. Yeah. And she calls uh, she calls Ed Tom to come come save the day, but yeah. he's a little, too late. a little too late. Even to the fact that um, when he hears shots fired and sees a car pulling out, he doesn't really speed oh, into the no. hotel he at had, all. He knows. He's like... Yeah. All right, let's go see what this is. It's kind of wild because at that time everybody is converging on Llewellyn. No, that's what I'm saying. That's what yeah. I was saying about uh, you know, the getting the airport part is yeah. everybody kind of knows where this is headed. Yeah. Um, Llewellyn is Llewellyn's the the end point, but the Mexicans, Anton, Ed, Tom, yeah, all of it, uh, even Carla Jean, it's all coming down to him. Yeah. And by the time we get there, it's too little, too late. Um, Wait, and, and Anton learned what hotel they are from who? I don't know, but he would have found out anyway, yeah. you know. And, and in the time that the crime happened and before Ed Tom comes back, because obviously we see that the lock's blown out when he comes back. Um, he took one straight to the chest. Right? Yeah, oh, he that's like that's, that's the a door question. and they yeah, yeah. blasted him? That's the question. No, I think that there was, because there's, there's a guy crawling away. From the from the hotel room, mm. and then there's also the guy. There's another. There's a girl dead in the pool, a dead guy, and then the guy crawling out of the hotel room, and then uh, he's in the doorway. So he was fighting from. So the yeah, I think I think he was fighting room. from the doorway. Yeah. Took it. They ran in, grabbed the money, and then ran the yeah, fuck out. Yeah, left yeah. their buddy behind. Um, first time seeing this movie. How did how did that? How did you feel about that? Crushed me. I didn't know. I I'm like that's not him. That's not that's not Llewellyn. That's yeah. not my baby. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's like I, I'm trying to think of a movie that before that where it was so like ruthless with killing the main character the or, or one of the main characters. What did that that come out before? I think 2006. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, then yeah. There's there's one right there. Um, the, yeah. The so the departed. I mean, they're two, they're very. I mean, they're similar, but they're different in general because we don't see Llewellyn die, and yeah, we've been yeah. with him through this entire journey. Yeah. But this is where we're transitioning and understanding that this movie is more about about Ed Tom's inability to keep up with all of this. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and but the, with the departed, I remember watching that movie because oh, you dude, see it happen when that happened. Away. I was I audibly in the in the theater was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, like, oh yeah, dude, so crazy. And yeah, it was, dude. Yeah, it still fucking gets me when <laughs> yeah, I watch it. Whenever you watch, pisses that me off, dude. Yeah. Pisses me off. But um um yeah, I remember watching this the first time. Even the first time when I didn't, it didn't hit me the right way. Watching it and just being like. Wait, what happened? Yeah. And then watching it later on and just being like, there's something about this movie that needs to be said about the things, one, the things that are inevitable that you can't change and the things that you're just not privy to until you're privy to them. Like stuff that happens around you all the time that you have no idea about until somebody enlightens you on the fact that they're happening. Mm -hmm. And that's what this part of the movie reminds me of is that feeling of had I just been there or had I known beforehand, 
I could have done something about this or this could have been prevented or I could have saved this much time going from this place to this place, anything like that. That's what this this kind of feels like to me. Yeah. And um, to put this in a movie where you, you, you audience want satisfaction all the time. Oh, always, yeah. And to not get it sometimes is... That probably turned some people off, too. Oh, no, I'm sure it did. Yeah. People like your friend. Yeah. Um, not my friend. <laughs> your acquaintance. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, it's 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 awesome. And then the movie starts winding down pretty slowly, and it comes to, like, imagine a car wreck where, and and then this happens in the movie, but... A car wreck, and then the car just keeps rolling, but it just comes to a stop on its own, and that's kind of what this movie is. Some, mm-hmm. some extremely like combustible event happens, and then we kind of just slowly roll to a stop without anything, without any other force really pushing us, pushing back on us. We mm-hmm. just come to a stop, and that's how the rest of this movie plays out. Ed Tom realizing that he kind of failed this kid. From you know, he tried his best, but he really couldn't do anything else. Yeah, there's um, like I said, that 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 ignorance that you have of something that you just you're not privy to, and you just didn't know how to do a better job. Yeah, anything like that. Um, Everyone's kind of kind of telling him that without without um, blaming him for it. Yeah. yeah. Um. Obviously, him having to break it to Carla Jean. We don't really get to see that scene, but it's all said without words. Him, yeah. as soon as he takes his hat off, like oh, he's walking knows. up remorseful, yeah. and she's worried. But when he takes his hat off, that's when she breaks down. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that, and then him meeting up with the sheriff there, who he's obviously um, acquainted with. They mm-hmm. seem kind of friendly. Um, the green hair and bones in their noses. <laughs> I love the it's the dismal tide <laughs> that stuff, um, and they're talking about your boy, your boy. You didn't get your boy. Yeah. This one, blah blah. And they're talking about Anton, and I love that he goes back because he knows Anton hadn't been there when he got there. Um, he saw the Mexicans leave, and then when he goes, he knows that Anton's supposed to go back there. When he gets there, he sees and he stops and he looks at that broken lock. And in his head, he sees Anton behind the door, and he's shaking in his fucking boots, like, shivering in his britches. And I just love that you don't know if Anton's there until he walks in and he sits down and there's nobody there. But that, I think that the feeling that Ed Tom has is intense in the audience because... We don't want Ed Tom to die either. No. Yeah. And we don't know, seeing this movie for the first time, that Anton's not there. Yeah. Obviously, the lock's broken. He very well could be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that anticipation is is great. And then it just, like I said, rolls to a stop. That scene rolls to a stop. He goes in. Anton's been there, gone. Sees that the vent's open. He probably found the money. All that stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah. And then we get um, the re- the rest of... You know, him talking to his uncle, these just resigned men. Uh, obviously, his uncle is crippled. He's asking he's, he's ask him the question why he's quitting, and he's telling him he feels outmatched. And then his uncle's obviously in a wheelchair. In the book, I think you find out that uh, he got shot on the job and kind of got paralyzed. Oh. And then they talk about their other his other uncle who died. Mm-hmm. And um, just really swapping war stories and... 
how did you think you were special? Like you yeah. thought, and he tells him, he's like, I thought God was going to come into my life and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, that's vanity. Like you thought mm-hmm. you were special. Sorry, you thought you. you thought that this stuff, like we said, that it's been happening, that ignorance that you have, yeah. like the, the ignorance that the cop had at the beginning of the movie who never saw a violent act or anything that mm-hmm. turned his back on Anton Chigurh. It's, it's crazy. It's, and, and, yeah. and the theme of that and, and, uh, us as civilians, me and you, there's shit in this city and all over this yeah. country and everything is just insane that we are not oh, yeah. aligned with or privy to and, and um, it's crazy and we take our lives for granted all the time. Um, and any given day, you could be that girl in the pool who was just drinking some beer yeah. and a shootout started, got fucking shot. You hear about it all the time in the news and shit like that. It's fucking mm-hmm. crazy. Um, but yeah. Uh, and then after that, we see the end of uh, Carla Jean. Um, you made mention to the fact of the line, I wouldn't worry about it. She's talking to him, not really pleading at this point. No, just telling knows. him, it's like, dude, like, I like, you don't like, I, my life's miserable right now. I got bills to pay and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, I wouldn't worry about it. Mm-hmm. And at this point in time, He's like knows he's gonna murder her. Yeah, and then he gives her some sort of mercy with the coin flip, and she just doesn't seem to want to take it. Yeah, uh, for whatever reason, whether she doesn't think life is worth living or it's just her principle that she's not gonna let this man dictate, mm. you know, what her choices are. Right, it's on her own. And then he leaves the house, and like you said, for somebody who's not paying attention, you're like, oh, did he kill her? Did he not kill her? But when he walks out, he checks his boots for any blood that yeah. might he might have stepped on. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know indefinitely that he did. And uh, yeah, there's a car accident. Um, he walks off like a fucking stranger in the night. Nobody ever fucking, you know, sees him, knows him or anything like that. And uh, we come back to Ed Tom and he has that last monologue about his dad that in many ways is uh, a reflection of who he is and where his mindset is and, you know, where the old timers were before. And there's a lot of layers to that monologue that I don't think I've even really yeah. given enough thought to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Even the amount of thought I've given to it, um, still there's things in there. But the dude, Tommy Lee Jones's delivery of the entire thing is just oh, so good that it makes you feel even if you don't know what he's saying. You get it. You get it. Yeah. And, yeah, and then I woke up. Yeah. And just cuts to black. And, uh, wow. Yeah. What a fucking movie, man. One one thing about that monologue that I've always kept with me, that I, when I see other movies or shows, and, um, you know, when he says, I see my father, and he's the age he was when oh, he died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in a sense, he's the younger yeah, man. Yeah, I'm older than he ever was I, by 20 years. I think about that every time I see a movie where that scenario happens. Yeah. You know, someone sees a relative and, you know, they're, I'm like, dude, in a sense, yeah, you he is the younger man. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Because, I don't know, it, something I never thought of. But when I heard that line, it no. makes total sense. Dude, you're, ab- you're absolutely right. And I'm glad you brought that up because that's a line that always hits me too. Because we've known people in our lives that were close to us. And, uh, you know, it, it's, yeah, like we said, without knowing exactly what 
Cormac McCarthy saying, what the character Ed Tom is saying, or what the Coens were trying to convey. There's something in the delivery that Tom Tommy Lee Jones gives us that is just so visceral that we could mm-hmm. feel it inside. Yeah. And the the themes of what he's saying. Um and and like I said, it's it's not expository dialogue. He's not telling us what we're supposed to think and what we're supposed to feel, but all of it combined, the writing, his performance and everything is just it's oozing that feeling and it's yeah. just wow. Yeah. It's so good. It's as good as movie making can fucking be. Yeah. Um and yeah, it's what a what a picture. Incredible. What a picture. Um any any other thoughts about stuff before we move on to the last category? No. I nothing. All right. Got nothing else for that. All right. It doesn't need anything else. All right, man. Well, I mean, it's still an intellectual property. I'm a producer, you're a producer. Are you making a remake, a sequel, or a prequel to this movie? I want to see Anton Sugar. <laughs> That's what I thought you were going to say. Before and what what he was doing before. Yeah, I want to see that. That would be really yeah. interesting. Yeah. I think uh, if anybody deserved, uh, if if this movie got a U.S. Marshals, it should be about <laughs> about Anton Sugar. Um, he's obviously led the most interesting life. Yeah. Um, you can even do like a fucking Amer- a more American graffiti thing where you show these people. You could show Llewellyn in fucking Vietnam. You yeah. could show Anton doing something else. You could show Carson Wells doing something else. I don't think we need that. I don't think anybody wants it nah. really. But if we had, if we were piece of shit producers who <laughs> just want to milk property for as much as we possibly can, yeah. I think that's a project that we make. For sure. Yeah. Um, anything else to say? Okay. Well, guys, um, that's the episode. I hope you enjoyed that. It's the first episode of the year. We have a bunch of great stuff that we want to get out to you this year. Um, I hope you guys had a really happy new year. I hope you guys are all safe. And, uh, yeah, for Play It Again, man, I'm Steven Valdez. Jason Brunez. And uh, we'll see you at the movies next week, guys. I don't know. I don't You know what? I, 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 don't I feel think like I've ever really. I, I've lost things in coin tosses before that I lament. A lot, really, to be honest with you. I can't think of one. I, I, I can't either. I can't put any distinct memory on something that I lost in a coin toss. And none of them were incredibly important or anything. But I remember, I, I just remember visceral reactions to, oh, like, yeah. all right, we'll flip a coin for it. You flip it, and you're ah, like, fuck! Or yeah. like, god damn it! Like, uh, yeah. you draw on the short straw, or you lose... Like I, it just sucks to. Lose. I want to. I want to say uh, at some point in my adolescence that I either flipped a coin or uh, did rock paper scissors to go. Like me and my friends, like both like the same girl, and we're like, all right, who gets to go tell her first? And mm. Try tries to go at bat first, pretty much. You know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah.